This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle. And this week, again, this is getting too exciting every single week. We've got Tana Pennington here <laughs> to make the show entertaining and exciting. Thank you. Um, you know, there's kind of a theme here. It's the Tana and Mike show. We need a, I guess we need like a catchier <laughs> title. Like like a, one of those morning show things. Yes, and some background music. Yeah, maybe we should figure out how to do that. Like, okay. like get like some, you know, you push buttons where it makes noises. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. Not exactly the best noise, but anyways, uh, I'm Mike Mansfield. I'm the owner of the Lynn Group in Ventura, California. We focus on retirement income planning. We obviously want to help you figure out the most efficient way to not run one of the main risks of retirees and that's running out of money prematurely because you accidentally live too long in retirement kind of stuff. Tannen is also a retirement income planner. That's why we do this show. We talk all kinds of fun stuff. We talk current events. We talk politics. We talk investments, taxes, social security timing, estate planning. You pick the boring topic and we talk about it. <laughs> I wouldn't say boring. Well, I was listing them and I'm just like, oh, wah, wah. See, I could have used a button that would have made that noise for me <laughs> if I, if we were more tech savvy with this. We'll wah, work on that. Wah. Ooh, taxes, wah, wah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. Anyways, um, for clarity, you know, one of the things I was thinking about that I wanted to clarify is. We record our shows typically on Monday of the given week, and by we send it out to an editing company because, once again, we are not tech savvy. We do not do this stuff. They edit the show. They clean it up. They clean out our mistakes. That's the one benefit of recording it because Tana will use a bunch of cuss words, <laughs> and then we can go back in and, and, and pull them all out. I that do way not. You guys don't realize what a obnoxious person she is. No way. And that's um, <laughs> oh, totally embarrassing. The... Um, so then by the time it gets edited, the show typically posts on Friday or Saturday of the week. So in many respects, we talk about something, you have a full week of things happening, and then you hear our show. And, you know, I think maybe last week was the most memorable um, moment of this where we had a lot of newsworthy stuff happened last week. And right. then maybe you listened to our show last week and thought, gosh, they didn't even mention any of that stuff. Right. And, that's because we recorded this before all of the the newsworthiness happened. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that. You know, we can talk about all that stuff in a little bit. You know what I wanted to talk about is yeah, I came to the office this morning and I saw you know Bitcoin the 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 savior of all investments for all people. You know, the the thing that was going to make us all rich. Uh, has cratered over the weekend. Over on last Friday, yeah. it was probably at like forty-two thousand, and it was just teasing thirty thousand this morning. Now I'm a simpleton, but in the world of math, that's like a I don't know twenty-five thirty percent drop over the weekend. <laughs> and I just thought, ah, you know, Ugh. 
that's kind of the problem with Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Like you could go through this time timeline, Tana, where uh, Bitcoin became a thing, like in the in the uh, mid two thousands, like back in 05, 09, All of a sudden, people are talking about it on blogs. I, you know, I don't I don't know where I don't read those blogs. Um, you, you know, it makes you think of that like dark web stuff they talk about, where you can go like buy a kid or something. It's <laughs> um, terrible. I don't. Once again, I don't know anything about that stuff. Right. It's like all the all the rumors I hear from watching the Equifax commercials. Like, is your info on the dark web? And you're like, I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> the um, but in any case, you know, Bitcoin is you know this thing that was talked about. It was you know three cents or something, and then all of a sudden it skyrockets like a missile through 2017, and it peaks out at about twenty thousand dollars. And you know something's funny because. When the herd effect kicks in, normally you've missed it. Like yeah, I said, I was exactly. an investment advisor in 2009. I was in this business. I watched the news and read things all day, and I never actively heard about Bitcoin. So it was this very obscure, right. under the table, unregulated by the government thing. You know, that was the moment to be aware of it. If, you know, I think of my brother. My brother's a computer nerd. So I should ask him. He probably knew about it, right? Because it was in whatever nerdery he was into <laughs> and um in any case by 2017 this thing's gone up like a missile twenty thousand bucks a bitcoin and all of a sudden what do you see cnbc is running the bitcoin price every day in the corner of the tv everybody is talking about it every client walking in wants to buy some oh my gosh what are we gonna do uh, this bitcoin's so awesome and um what happened, Tana? Uh, Any guesses? It w went down heavy. <laughs> so the thing craters in 2018 down to $3,000. Now, I don't know what 20000 to 3000 is, but that feels like an 85-ish percent loss. <laughs> um, you know, that's pretty rough. You know, it's funny. So here's what this you liken this to is... I don't know. God, I need a chart. I can't even remember. Time passes. Like 10 years ago, it probably was. Out of nowhere, gold became all the rage. Like, do you remember, Tana, like when there was a, like a, all of a sudden, like a gold store yeah, on every corner? Yeah, absolutely. Co yeah, come in and turn in your gold, man. You got some gold bracelets in the yeah, drawer? Yeah, I do remember in. that. Uh, and and uh, every ad on TV was like a gold. And the radio, you know, too, as well. Gold, 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 turn it. Here's, here, we're going to send you a baggie. You put your gold in the baggie, <laughs> we're going to send you cash. <laughs> and, you know, and this, so this was happening a while back. I don't hold me on the year, but it feels like it was probably 10 years ago. Um, and so, Kind of the same Bitcoin story. Gold was doing nothing for years. For years. It's just bleh, slowly growing, slowly boring. And all of a sudden it started skyrocketing. Skyrocketed to basically 2000. And all of a sudden when it was at 2000, holy guacamole. Every store, every, you know, is a gold store. Every ad is a gold ad. Buy gold. It's going to 50,000. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And what happened? It went, wah, wah. I do, we need some buttons, Tana. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Right? Gold, it did. gold decides to basically half seize itself. It goes down to 11, 12, 1300 and hangs out there for years. Right. Years. And you, you know what happened after that happened? Everybody stopped talking about gold. Yeah. So what true. happened in 2018 when when Bitcoin goes from 20,000 down to 3,000? No. 
Stop Everybody talking stopped about talking it. about yep. it. It was suddenly not as cool. Well, that's funny. What happened to just a few months ago when every client was asking and CNBC was talking about it? Every break was an update on Bitcoin. It's on the TV. Everybody knows. What are we going to do? This is so exciting. You know, you know, it's funny. I'll tell you one of my, my first red flags. First of all, I tell any client that asks me about buying Bitcoin, I say, as soon as you can describe to me what it is, you can right. buy it. That is such a and good point. And then everyone puts their tail behind their, their legs and they walk out the door. Um, but credit. Oh, I remember my point now. So it, I think it was in 2018, in the beginning of 18, right? When Bitcoin's still basically at all time highs, everybody's euphoric about it. They decided to put on a Bitcoin investors conference. I, I believe it was held in New York. And I just remember reading articles that in order to sign up for the Bitcoin investors conference, you could in fact use your Bitcoin to pay for it. Makes a lot of sense, right? This is a valuable <laughs> currency to buy things. Right. So naturally you would use Bitcoin to buy it. Then the article you read in the process was the the use of Bitcoin was so inefficient and not working correctly that they had to scrap taking Bitcoin at the Bitcoin investors conference and revert back to taking credit cards. Oh dear. <laughs> And you're like, nah, I don't know. So, like I said, Lost once confidence. Again, yeah, I'm not a genius. I don't know everything about right. everything. But at the time when you knew less about cryptocurrencies, you're like, huh. Very okay. interesting. Yes. Weird. Um, whatever. Anyways, Bitcoin craters. Okay. Then what happens since then? Bitcoin gets another run. Starts to creep up. It goes to almost 14,000. And all of a sudden, you start to smell the inkling of it in the news on CNBC. They start mentioning, hey, you seen Bitcoin lately? It's been moving <laughs> up. This is nice. You know? And, but they always mention it at the tops. And then, um, and then what happened from about 14,000? Oh, it cratered again down to 3,000 again. Yeah. It just loves 3,000. Bitcoin and 3,000 are like just like <laughs> sim simpatico. It's an algorithm. I got to see if I can pull my chart up to see when I can figure out when that was. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm multitasking right now because <laughs> that's that's what we do here at the Lynn Group. So, yeah. So, I'm right. So, it, it, it hit 20,000 in the end of 17. It ended up at 3,000 by the end of 18. It hit... 14,000, mid-19, went back down into the threes by the beginning of 20. And now, what happened last Friday? It hit 42,000, currently at 30,000. Anyways, what's been funny, though, over the last number of months is what happened. I mean, this is going to be the, the, the glaring same image of 2017 and the, the, the story I told about gold. And that is, over the last few months... CNBC's been talking about Bitcoin all day. On the corner of the screen, every two minutes, they've got the Bitcoin ticker showing what the price is. Every client walking in the door is asking about how to buy Bitcoin. I went to my kid's school the other day, Tana, to pick up a math book, and the principal cornered me and said, oh, we've been buying Bitcoin. What do you what? think? What? Are you serious? You know, and you're like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Blah, 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 blah. No, know? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. So, so anyways, it's, it's just, I, I only bring this up today because it's such a phenomenon of what's going on, but I'll tell you, if I've learned anything, my first red flag in life is as soon as everybody is talking about it and as soon as it is popular, this kind of stuff, 
you probably missed it. And so think about the people buying it last week out of final desperation in the 40s. Right. And now it's worth 30000 Yeah, ouch. Party foul. You know, who knows? Maybe it goes straight back up tomorrow. It's a very volatile investment. But the problem with Bitcoin is it is literally worth what people are willing to pay, period. There is no tangibleness. Yeah, there's no that's utility to it. What I worry about. It is about. literally this, this magical cloud of poof yeah. magic and 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 as long as people see value in it they will assign value to it now some folks will say well mike isn't that how the dollar is the dollar is just a piece of paper what gives it value the 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 people give it value well the huge difference between a dollar and a bitcoin is a dollar comes with a big stamp on it that says guaranteed by the government right you know, that's a big difference. And people will then say, yeah, but the government's devaluing it. They're printing too much money. That's no good. Well, I have a promise to make everybody. And that is the day that the government guarantee on a dollar is worthless to us. I hope you're living in Texas with Tana <laughs> and have a shotgun and some food storage. Because your Bitcoin oh, won't matter the day the government guarantee is worthless. Right. So, you know, it's funny because like even with gold, you know, gold is considered a hedge. You know, they, they liken Bitcoin to a digital gold, but gold still has a tangible yep, thing behind exactly. it. There's still a piece of gold, a you know, that you can, you know, uh, you know, make a tooth out of. Well, there's lots it's of worthless. uses for gold, so there you like is. My, you don't like my, you don't like the tooth one. Yeah. I thought that was the, the best <laughs> one I could come up well, with. Well, I don't have a gold know? tooth, but. <laughs> but when gold is worthless, it could at least be a tooth. Yes, right? you know it I mean? could. There's always something to do with it. What happens when when Bitcoin is worthless? There's nothing. It's a it's a cloud of fake. Yeah. Goo 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 Exactly. Invented. I don't know. So. This I wasn't supposed it. to be a Bitcoin show, and somehow we're 15 <laughs> minutes into a Bitcoin show. It's because it's all over the news, so it's hard uh, not to talk yeah. about it. Well, it's just funny because, once again, you, you watch these trends. We saw it with gold. We've seen it with Bitcoin. You know what another one where I've seen it is with flipping houses. Hmm. You know, the, the housing market crashed back in 08. Right. Bottomed out in 09 and 010, and back then... You know, if you were a savvy investor and you had some money and things like that, you could go out and find some phenomenal deals to start flipping yeah, houses. Yeah, that's true. And no one was really talking about it at the time. And after a while, all of a sudden, everybody you know is a house flipper. Hey, what do you do? Well, on the weekends, I flip yeah, houses. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, you know, my neighbors were doing it. Everybody I knew is talking about finding houses. But the problem is they were talking about it like five years ago, once the major run-up it had played out. And then what happened? is they started making TV shows about house flipping. You had all these people on HGTV flipping houses. And then when that kind of played out, what did they do? They started holding house flipping seminars. Yeah, that's just true. A, just a handful of years ago. Hey, come to the seminar, learn how to flip a house. The reason that we're wasting our time doing seminars, though, is because there's no more houses to flip. <laughs> I mean... I, isn't that the reality? Like, like if it was such a phenomenal market, would the people that, that know how to do it be doing seminars? They're like, I'm going to run no. a seminar. Why wouldn't you be out flipping a bunch of houses? They're just and reinventing making themselves. A ton of money? Right. They, they, because that thing played out. But right. what happened was when it, when house flipping finally became all the rage, 
That's when it was the, hey, good luck finding a house to flip. Yeah, you kind of missed the initial. Right. So, you know, so that's kind of was my fascination with, with Bitcoin. I mean, even in our literally our time from talking, Bitcoin was at 31600 and now it's at 30700 It's lost 1000 bucks per Bitcoin since we've been talking. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. No, I'd rather invest I, in property or gold, but not Bitcoin. Yeah, because you can always make teeth. <laughs> that should that should be it. You know exactly. Look. Yeah, well, I'm serious. You know how expensive teeth are. We just yeah, had a client get the those um. <laughs> what are they called? Implants. You know better. What? Yeah, but no. But like, oh. what's the company that did it? Um, Clear Line, Clear Vision, Clear Clear Cell. That's hmm. who's it. The um. Anyways, the, it's popular. I see the commercials. It was like sixty grand to get a set of teeth. Ouch. I mean, that's parking a pretty decent car in your mouth. <laughs> that was a good visual. <laughs> I mean, it, it, but it's incredible. Like it was in, in my, when we were earlier, like in the early worlds, you, know, you go back like 15, 17 years ago in, in doing this and we would talk about extraordinary costs in retirement. And, you know, you talk about things like teeth and you say, well, you got a dental implant and that could be, you know, three to $4,000. Yeah, well, we've sailed right past that. People don't do that anymore. They just get a new grill. Yeah, and it's literally like a car grill now. <laughs> you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, no, I. I'll, I'll tell you what. One, one time though, I had a client out in um, <clears throat> Palm Desert when I lived out there, and uh, he would he needed some kind of medical procedure, and he would go down to um, Mexicali and get cadaver gums put in. No way. I would and never. I have, to, I have to admit that was a, one of those ones where you're like, that's the best thing to be doing. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Right. So, anyways, <laughs> so point point of the story is I don't know what the point of the story is. If you want to buy Bitcoin, feel free. Um, you know that's your prerogative. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it as your um, I don't know. Well, I can't go out to go shopping income. with it, so I don't see uh, it as any yeah, value. Border, yeah, well, that's the thing is it's borderline useless. You can't exactly go to Vons and pick up your groceries with it at the right. moment. There there are some funky things that you can do with it. So, you know, some, you know, the uh, I think you can buy a Dell computer with it. So unless you're short on Dell computers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. You know, thirty thousand dollars of Dell computers for one Bitcoin. I don't know. No, <laughs> thank you. What's that? What's that end up costing? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you know, at the price of a computer, you could get about thirty computers, <laughs> and then you could use them to mine for Bitcoin, whatever that means. The um, <laughs> this is incredible. Anyways, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah. This was not was was ill planned. We should have Tana. You should talk about something like, actually, you know, tangible. Give us some like smart retirement planning advice. Ooh. Um. I don't. Well, I don't know. Should we just sit here quietly now? No, and no, no, no. Tana panic. Hot seat. Tana. No, I think yeah. actually, like you mentioned at the beginning, taxation. Um, January is a new year, and tax season and is coming up. We have a new up. president. We have a new president. So we have a new president. So There's, taxation could be changing quite a bit. Yeah, that's you know, a fascinating thing. You, you you bring that up. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna commandeer the show again. I, I no I, problem. <laughs> I took your insight. <laughs> so you know what's fascinating is I was reading this Economist study the other day, and what they were talking about is 
you know, policymakers in the government, they kind of look at things from one facet. And so they'll say, hey, I've got an idea. Let's raise taxes on on corporations. And that's not going to affect the, the low and middle income people because it's it's on those mean corporations that make too much money anyways. And so what what the whole point of The Economist was making is it's easy for a politician to make that stance. We're going to raise taxes on corporations. Right. No big deal. We'll raise some revenue. It's going to be awesome. Life is good. What The Economist then says is corporations aren't stupid for, you know, two, three hundred years. Corporations have figured out how to deal with regulatory changes, tax changes from the government. Definitely. Different administrations. And so, you know, one of the common easy things to do is all they have to do is adjust the cost of goods sold in their business to absorb a good portion of that new tax liability. So when it all boils down, the corporation doesn't really pay any more net 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 but what happens when you increase the cost of goods sold is all those low and middle income people that rely on your products end up paying more for them a little more it's all small pieces a penny here right. a thing there kind of a thing but what happens is is ironically you create an indirect tax on low and middle income people yeah that's you a good corporate point taxes you yeah, know, that's you a good this, point. The same exercise of, you know, if you increase taxes on people making over 400 grand, well, a lot of those people are the small business owners who, once again, you know, maybe they need to fire somebody. So there's a lot of cause and effect that a lot of yeah. us don't discuss Absolutely. in an open debate about the most effective way to accomplish things. You know, it's interesting. Um, obviously, politics has gone off the rails lately, right? Last year week, there was the um, these... Uh, extreme protests we'll say in the capital that created a lot of chaos um everybody is kind of jumping ship on on president trump at the moment and um you know i i don't know what to say about that (laughs) well actually i have a lot to say but i'll just keep it to myself (laughs) the um but what i think is interesting is uh ben shapiro very popular guy runs a, a popular radio show he's on the local radio here in the evenings i on kvta you know him because he's got this uh, weird voice he's kind of like this monotone but squeaky voice and he talks really fast he talks really fast <laughs> right you know but but i but i kind of i like him because he, he is in fact a conservative commentator but he, but actually, he's very highly critical of the president. Yeah. So you would argue that well, he seems pretty objective, at least the way he talks, because he's always, you know, hassling everybody and everything. And and what's in, what's interesting is on his podcast, he he actually reads from the Bible quite a bit. Hmm. And um, you know, I find that interesting because some people stray away from religion and faith in conversations out of some kind of paranoia that if they express anything about how they actually personally think or feel, they will be chastised in society. So to that point, I'm going to pull in some religious connotation here. Um, <laughs> see if this freak, <laughs> see how many listeners we lose <laughs> over this. So look, I'm a very religious person. I believe that, you know, we, we live in this Christ-like world. And, and when you follow Jesus Christ, you have an opportunity to, you know, try to view things a certain way. And I think one of the things that, that is so lost in society is the whole point of, of Christ dying, feeling all of our pains, being resurrected. All of that was about us being able to return in the end, you know, after you have your walk here on planet Earth. And the theme is, is if Christ died for all of our sins and took all of those on his back, 
it's hard for us to really focus on the idea of holding grudges and grievances against other people. And and so you see so much of that lately, right? There's yeah, such definitely. A, a hatred oh, absolutely. and an angst for the president, which, you know what, I, I, I get it. You know, I get where people are coming right. from. But at the same time, people are so busy hating him that they have completely lost sight on any of the good of him. Right. And I, you know, I feel that that is such a breakdown in, in, you know, religious faith on how we're supposed to act as yeah, good quality sure. Christian human beings. I agree. And, and it, so it's interesting because as horrible as the guy is, you know, whatever, I, you know, I'm not exactly wanting to go hang out with him on the weekends. Um, his agenda has actually accomplished so much and, and, you know, and so that's really for me, where the focus should be. Look, Trump's out, right? Uh, you know, he's no longer the president in a week. Old news. They're going to make it a big political mess. You know, it sounds like they're probably going to try to impeach him again, which sounds like if you're trying to bring the country back together, that's only going to alienate at least 75 million people in it. Right. Anyways, um, fun fact, last October, there was a poll of registered voters. That poll of registered voters said, even with COVID, 56% of registered voters polled said they were better off today than they were four years ago. Yeah, I agree. You think, well, well, that's a fascinating poll because remember, Trump's a monster. He only does bad things. La-di-da. And when you read into this, and by the way, this is on the Real Clear uh, Markets website, which I have a feeling is more of a left-leaning website. Um, but during each of the first three years of Trump... So this is year by year. Trump took 380,000 blacks out of poverty in each of those years. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. Hispanics, 500,000 per year came out of poverty under Trump. Now, granted, everyone, you know, everyone wants to say, well, that's not very good. I mean, to put that by comparison, they put Obama in here. Obama in each year only had 80,000 blacks against Trump's 380,000 and Obama only had 150,000 Hispanics against Trump's half a million Hispanics. Yeah, that's a big difference. And then it, the article goes on, why have blacks and Hispanics fared so well under the Trump economy? Jobs, jobs, jobs. Yep. Job, Trump was a job creating machine. You know, and so you just, you, you sit there and you say, ah, you know, it, it's such a shame as a president that he couldn't have been a little more tempered and, you know, cruise through some of this stuff a little better. Um, because the reality is behind the scenes, the Trump agenda, maybe not Trump the human, but the agenda, his administration, the conservative policies that he pushed was very pro-growth, was very pro-jobs, right. you know, deregulated taxes. Isn't it amazing conundrum how... You actually cut taxes, yet you create more federal revenue, you create more stimulus, you create more growth, you create more jobs. Yeah. I, you know, what a what a what a fascinating thing. It kind of goes back to that phenomenon of if you if you raise taxes of corporations, it actually becomes an indirect tax on low income people. Right. See? He kind of goes the opposite. Well, if you cut taxes on corporations, you actually raise income of low-income people. Yeah. And that's because the corporations use that money. Not all corporations. I realize some people are knuckleheads and don't do the right thing. But some people, you know, corporations, they go out and they hire people. They yeah. hire more people. Um, year over year, there's always this, uh, like, CEO business leader study that they do. And 
God, we went from Bitcoin to a political thing. This is not the normal show, people. <laughs> Normally, we talk about the best timing for Social Security. So I'm just, I don't know what's happening. But but for my sake, I just need to get it out and then we can move on with life, right? Um, you know, but when they, when they survey business leaders every year, back during the Obama administration, the top two concerns for business leaders were taxes and regulatory issues. Under the Trump administration, the number one concern for business leaders was finding enough qualified candidates. Yeah. Like, talk about a sediment shift. Definitely. Definitely. In the industry. And, and none of us, for some reason, look, hate the guy all you want. That's fine. I, I tr- trust me. I wish there was a different guy right. than him Doing that was his, running this yeah. level of an agenda. I totally because guess agree. what? Hate it all you want. It worked and worked very effectively. I mean, in 2019, our federal tax revenue was up $150 billion from 2017 when he put his cuts in place. Now, how the heck, Tana? Quiz question, Tana. Oh, no. How do you, how do you, half the country pays no taxes. You cut taxes for quote unquote the rich, yet your tax revenue is higher when it's all said and done. How does that make any sense? <laughs> Just creating jobs, ah, people working, right. feeding exactly. into the economy, you, you, their income you, you they're receiving. You created economic yes, stimulus exactly. that inherently, were, I, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal thing from an economic standpoint. Yeah, it lifts it's very the entire society. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how the new administration handles things. Um, but, you know, I mean, even when the, the taxfoundation.org, the organization that is supposed to be some kind of objective group that like scores administration's policies, they said if Biden raises taxes as he's talking on people making 400000 or more, they said over the next decade that will cost at least 600,000 jobs. Ouch. Now, well, you know, and you can argue that maybe 600,000 jobs isn't that much, but the point is it is a suppressive tactic in economics to do that. But if we're um, also witnessing a lot of small businesses closing, then I feel destroyed like... destroyed by this Yeah, thing. absolutely. Oh, look, what a bloodbath. Anyways, this has been... There's been highs and lows. <laughs> we've, we've felt joy. we felt sorrow. I... Many of you that listen to this probably turn this off halfway through. <laughs> you know, oh. but since we only have three listeners, anyways, you know what the <laughs> what, what the heck? No, I'm just kidding. I don't honestly. I don't. I don't keep track of it. I don't know how many listeners we have. You know, we we do get a lot of emails and questions yes, and things we do. from from different people. So someone's listening to it. <laughs> The, um, but in any case, we, you know, like I said, uh, th- this wasn't supposed to be some Bible bashing, crazy, out of control conversation today. Uh, I, I just felt that there's a lot of current events going on. I wanted to give a little bit of my two cents on it. The reality is, is you need to realize that in many respects, finances and politics are disconnected. Certainly investing money is disconnected from politics. Right. Now, granted, do they affect each other? Of course. Yeah. But the reality is it doesn't matter who the president is. If you think that the next day someone's going to go out to McDonald's and buy a cheeseburger, if they're going to buy that cheeseburger, guess what? The world moves on. Economics move on. Right. You might want to shift your investment attitudes. Maybe, for example, you would say, well, I think the new administration will be bad on oil 
but good on solar. So, you right. know, you can shift sectors in the way that you invest. But the concept of it's all over is not really relevant. Uh, the stock market is about companies making money at the end of the day. And if you think Apple's going to keep selling phones this month, then guess what? Yeah. It's all it's all OK. Yep, I agree. So, um, you know, our focus is retirement income planning. How do you use your assets? How do you use your resources? How do you build an effective cash flow plan, making sure that it's tax efficient, making sure that it cash flows correctly, making sure there's money to for the what ifs of taxes going up or inflation going up of all of these different things. If you don't have a plan or you need to revise your plan, just give us a call. 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. We would love to talk to you about that. We would love to help you do yes, that. Yes, definitely. I, initially, complimentary, no cost. Tana can help you with it if you think that I'm insane. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, we're a good balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. It's, it's almost, it's like good cop, bad cop. Yeah, definitely. I'm the good cop, Tan's the bad cop. <laughs> the, um, in any case, 805-500-7035, our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. You can certainly visit the website to see our ugly mugs. And uh, yeah, love to talk to you guys. Certainly, if you have any uh, you know opinions about the show, criticisms, concerns, things you'd like us to talk about, let us know. The, yeah, the show is definitely. for our listeners, and so I, you know, a lot of the things that I do talk about are because of emails and comments that I get right. about it. So certainly, let us know your thoughts. Very helpful. Anyways, uh, everyone have a great week. Like I said, remember we record this on Mondays. It shows up on Saturday. So I don't know what happened this week uh, at this time. So hopefully, it was smoother than last week. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.